This special episode of We Are Send Network is a church planting spouse spotlight featuring Melinda Pacheco, church planting wife at Redemption Church in Brooklyn, New York. Guest host Jackie Taylor talks with Melinda about how church planting has impacted her family, the unexpected blessings of the COVID-19 pandemic, and what she wished she had known at the start of their church planting journey. Brotherhood, multiplication, restoration. We are Sin Network. We're a family planting churches together. Join us as we hear from leaders of this movement from across North America and discover what it really takes to plant churches everywhere for everyone. Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Sin Network Spouse Spotlight. My name is Jackie Taylor, and I am one-third of the spouse development team. I live in Atlanta. Well, actually, I live in Clarkston, just a little bit outside of Atlanta, Georgia. I am super excited today because one of the greatest parts of my job is that I get to meet uh, planting spouses from all across North America, and now I'm getting an opportunity to introduce you to your Sin Network sisters who are in the same life and doing the same things that you are doing just in a different part of the country. So today I'm so excited to bring to the spotlight Melinda Pacheco. Welcome, Melinda. Hi, Jackie. Thank you for having me. Um, as Jackie said, my name is Melinda Pacheco. I'm married to Edwin Pacheco, and we have two wonderful daughters, Isabella Pacheco, who is 14, and Heather Pacheco, who is nine. We live in Brooklyn, New York, um, outside of where everybody else lives. Brooklyn is the greatest. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, we are church planters of a church called Redemption Church in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Awesome sauce. So, now what we're going to do is we are going to roll into our lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. Fast one answer questions. Here we go. Snacks, salty or sweet? Salty. Fashion, black or bright colors? Today's black, but normally I like bright colors. Drinks, tea or coffee? Coffee. This question is super important. Animal print, yes or no? Yes. Okay, all right. Now, our quarantine-specific lightning round. Would you rather right now have a hair appointment or eyebrow wax? I do my own hair, eyebrow wax. Okay. <laughs> Would you rather do a date night with Ed or a shopping spree alone with $200? Oh, I love shopping, but I love my quality time with Ed, so date night. You're so, so sweet. Would you rather be quarantined with a three-year-old or a 13-year-old? Give me that 13-year-old. I, <laughs> I am so past that baby phase. <laughs> I understand. I am right there with you being past that baby phase. So, Melinda, as we're talking about being um, a part of this church planting journey, I want to know, what is it that you know now in your process that you wish you had known earlier on in the planting journey? So this is a great question. Um, I believe earlier in this week, Kathy had posted it on Facebook and it was a great question. Um, and I'm gonna stick to what I said there. So some people may have seen it, so I'm just gonna repeat it um, for those that haven't heard it or read it, is that being my husband's biggest cheerleader, even though I didn't know the game, right? So in the beginning, I was too concerned with big picture items, of, uh, how things were gonna work, financially and always being afraid of 
how much can I really trust my husband in this walk versus um, how about let's celebrate the small um, uh, milestones. Uh, celebrate the small things that have happened where now I look back and I'm like, I wish I would have celebrated, Hey, we had X amount of people that joined us or, Hey, we reached out to whoever it was versus, Oh my God, we're still at only 25 people or, Oh my goodness. You know, Edwin's doing most of this on his own, but we don't have a core team yet. And there was just so much that I looked at the negative and I missed out enjoying the journey alongside him and actually just rooting for him and cheering him on, I think that would have helped him a lot more to know that I was 100% on his team versus um, a husband knows his wife versus me being like, yeah, this is great, but really just not giving my all. And now I look back and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done that because there's so much we could have celebrated, even though they were small. Um, uh, I'm trying to find that word. Victories. There we go. Yeah. I was like, where's wow. the word? There's small victories. But even those small victories are actually big ones because there's, it's, it's for the kingdom. So anything that we do for the kingdom, even though it's small victories, it really isn't small. In our eyes, it is, but it, it really isn't small. Wow. That's, that's really good. And that's, you know, what you're talking about is like, what you're, how, one of the ways that you're contributing to Edwin in this planting journey. And so the next question that really ties right into our next question, which is understanding that all planting wives have a super unique role in their plant. What is one of the ways that when you look at the different ways that you've contributed that you're like, you know what, that stands out to me? Um, for me, the, the biggest way to contribute, and I've learned this throughout this journey is I am not the cookie cutter wife. I'm not the typical church planting wife. I don't have the looks. I don't have the polish that a lot of planting wives have. Um, so one of the biggest things was making sure I took care of Edwin, right? Mm -hmm. So making sure that I tended to him, his needs, whether it be um, just being a sounding board, hearing him out, um, and just walking alongside him. and doing that and making sure I took care, taking care of him at home has allowed him to do ministry well because he now has a home that's peaceful, as peaceful as it can be with a 14 year old and a nine year old. Absolutely. Um, but that also allows me to uh, freely not have any expectations over me. And so it's allowed me to do what I do best, which is really like hospitality and speaking with people and just getting to know people one-on-one. -on -one. So the one thing you'll see me do the most, and we could have volunteers everywhere, and if this everything is covered, and I'm I'm very detailed that way, I'm going to be that person to make sure that I greet people, whether it's coming into our buildings and right now our food pantry. Those that are on the line, my job is I want everybody to feel welcomed. Yeah. I want them to see that the pastor's wife, yes, the pastor's wife is speaking to you, and that we are reachable. We are not on his pedestal. So that's my biggest, that's my biggest thing is making sure people see us as people and as a, a normal family. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And so you kind of alluded to it a little bit. You and Edwin serve in a community in New York in Red Hook that has the second largest low income housing ratio in all of New York City. And that is huge. So yeah. I'm wondering, how would you say that you all are leaning into the gospel when you're serving in a community? Um, that the needs are endless. How, what, are, what is it that you all are doing to remain 
hope filled um, when the needs are, are never ending. Yeah. So COVID has been in a, in a weird way. It's really weird to say this, but it's been a blessing to our ministry. Okay. And I say this because it has opened up opportunities that we as a church plant, um, we've had this idea of how we wanted to reach the community in a greater way than what we were doing. Uh, but we just didn't have the means. You know, we, we don't have our own facilities. We rent out of a nonprofit organization, and we're grateful for that. But that limits us to services only on Sunday for that hour and a half, two hours. And that leaves us just Sundays where it's like, okay, we need to get in, get out, but we got to get the word in and we got to speak to people, connect to people. And then throughout the week, um, I still work full time. So I, I'm at the time working in an office. Edwin's on, on the streets, but he's like working with a school and he's connecting that way. Um, so during this time with COVID, what it's done is allowed us to think differently. Like, okay, how do we now be the church, not being in a church, not being in a facilities. Um, so it has allowed us to, to think outside the box. And it was like, okay, so what does the community need? And so what we started doing was, okay, the church doesn't have to close. Like we are the church. Yeah. And so we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And how do we do that? Well, our community has a need for food. So we have a huge supermarket, which is Fairway, which is about to close, I think, this week. And then we have two, and if you know anything about the hood, there's always these small supermarkets. Um, and those supermarkets are like, they don't have great quality. So mm -hmm. the prices aren't, aren't so bad, but the meat is not fresh. Um, and you have to really look at the, the, the expiration dates yeah. because some stuff will stay on the shelves longer than what it's supposed to be. So we started to look at, okay, what, how do we bring food in? And so there was already a lady doing... Um, kind of like pop-up food donations. Mm -hmm. So we said, we're just going to partner with her. We're not going to just reinvent the wheel. We partnered with her and that took off. And it has allowed us to, one of the things, the biggest thing I do is I always uh, do a Facebook Live. I raise money. And we just, by doing that, money coming in and we started partnership with City Harvest. And so our ministry has been now, um, a minute, it's, it's a pantry, like it's COVID relief. And that has opened up so many opportunities for us to connect with people one-on-one, -on -one, um, building relationships and just actually speaking to people that we have never had the opportunity to speak to before. Wow. And so now our ministry and the, the gospel that we bring isn't just Jesus saves. It's yes, Jesus saves, but hey, before I even get there, let me show you about this Jesus I'm talking about. Hey, you have, you know, you're hungry, right? You have, you have how many kids in your home? Well, here's this box of food um, and come back next week and tell your neighbors to come. And then when they come and they introduce me and they're like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm the pastor's wife. Hey, listen, make sure you tell you. And that just, it's this chain effect that's happening over and over with more and more coming. And, but it's allowing us to have these relationships. And the more that they come now, there are people that are seeing us in the street and they're like, they just greet us, pastor. Hey, pastor. One of the things that I, I have to adjust to is first lady. So in, in Latin churches, I would be pastora. And that drives me insane because I don't, I don't like the title because I feel like the title brings a lot of false, um, 
there's just too many requirements that just, mm-hmm. I feel like just aren't who we are. Right. And so a lot of the, the elderly Spanish lady, they'll be like, pastora, and, and Edwin is pastor. And then of course, you know, my, my, my black families out there will be like, Hey, first lady. And I, I, I cringe, but at the same time, I understand it's out of respect. Right. And so now when we're walking through the streets, I have, we have people that see us walking through the streets and our family, and they will just randomly buy our kids ice cream because it's like, no, you guys do for the community so much. $1, $2 is nothing that I can give back. That's, so that's just how our ministry has been. And it's just, it's feeding the needs, right? Yeah. It's, we're meeting the needs of the people by feeding them. Yeah. Um, and had we, had this not happened, I don't know if our church would be where we are right now because we, we were trying to reach people and bring them in. And it was working, but not to where we wanted it to be. And now we're at a place, it's like, hey, I don't know. I don't even know if we're going to have room for the people once we do open our doors because of what we're doing now. That is awesome. And it's a wonderful thing when we can see, okay, this is what's going on, but God, how do you want to use it? And what do you want to use us to do uh, in the midst of it? So that's, that's super, super powerful. So I'm wondering with all the work that you guys are doing, um, how do you feel like the way that you and Edwin are literally being the hands and feet of Jesus in your community? How do you feel like that is shaping your girl's view on what it means to be a believer? So it's been interesting. Um, both of us growing up in a, I want to say Christian home, but it was more religious, legalistic uh, background. For, for Edwin, church was every day of the week. Sundays was everybody together. And that was a full day. Uh, Monday. And so every ministry, everybody came out. So he was in church every day of the week. Right. Um, up until when he was a teenager, where he kind of made a little more decisions for himself and he backed off and I was similar where my mom was really plugged in and she cooked and we were always at the church and we both grew up with this thing of like, all right, church, like, I know I need God. I just can't be in church 24 seven. Right. And so we, we want to make sure we show our girls balance because we didn't have that balance. Everything was always very legalistic. Everything was negative and you couldn't do this. And you couldn't, God doesn't like this and this is bad. And we try to balance with our girls. It's like, we're going to do this as a family. Um, while the girls were in school, of course, they were doing remote learning and, um, they would stay home Tuesdays while we were doing food distribution, but Saturdays they would come out. Now, now that school's over, they could do Tuesdays and Saturdays, but we do it as a family. Um, Heather, our youngest, she loves, loves to get involved. Then she gets plugged in. Our oldest loves to work with little children. So whatever kids come out and she's great with them. But one of the things we do is the harder we work ministry-wise, then the harder we also play. So mm-hmm. if we kill it on Tuesdays and Saturdays that we're just giving, 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 we make sure the next few days we recover. We take time, we take downtime, we unplug. Um, and we, when we give each other space because we need it. We're in a right. small apartment, so we need the space. But then we have deep conversations and we start talking about, hey, you know, like how awesome it is that we're able to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and now to hear my daughters talk about, they're happy that we have what we need. Yeah. So when now they're repeating the stuff we've said, so they're like, we may not have everything we want, but we have what we need yeah. and we're able to help other people. And to hear my 14 year old explaining to her friends where me at 14, I was embarrassed as heck to mm-hmm. be like, I'm going to church and to hear her on the phone. Well, oh, I really can't go with you guys to hook up and link and do my nails right now because 
I don't know if you're aware, but my church and I, we give out food and this wow. is what we do and saying it proudly. And now even the other day, you know, like teenagers, they want to order things and she comes and she wants to show me that she wants to, and it's, it's not something that I, I would expect because in urban context in Brooklyn, you don't get teenage girls that want to wear the, what would Jesus do bracelet mm-hmm. or a ring that says, you know, I think it's like faith is greater than my whatever. Right. And literally the other day she's like, mom, I want this bracelet and I want this ring. And so I'm like, okay, so she's hearing something, she's seeing yeah. something and we're, we're trying to do our best to just balance. And we have those deep conversations and we'll split at times. You know, Edwin will take one and I'll take the other. Um, and we'll have this, especially with my oldest now as a teenager, I feel that we could have these conversations and I'm like, okay, so, you know, honestly, you know, tell me, and, and I'll, and I take the church part out and I'm like, listen, yeah. separate from that, tell me, how are you feeling? You know, what's going on? And I, of course you as a mom know there, there are times you can do that. You can't do it all the time because right. their response is like, Ugh, leave me alone. Yeah. But there are, there are windows and in certain windows, we'll just have conversations. And sometimes there's things I hear that I don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. But in that, I'll turn it into a teachable moment. Okay. Okay. So, so you feel that way about that boy. And okay. And also, he's sending you text messages like this. And inside, I want to freak out. And I want to be like, the Bible set. And then I got to bring it back and be like, okay, wait, my mom did that. And what that did was push me further away from God. So yeah. now it's like, okay, let's have these okay, you like this boy, all right, you like, and so the more we've, we've been open with the girls, the more they've been open to receiving uh, what we're saying about the gospel, Yeah. Um, and just we're living it out, they're seeing it, like we're not perfect, they see that we have our ups and downs, but they see that even in, our, like, in our highs, they see us thanking God, praising God, hey, thank you, Lord, that this came in, this came in on time, um, and in our lows, they're like, they'll still see us okay, Lord, I know we don't have this right now, but I'm trusting that you'll make a way. And sure enough, they'll see it. And they themselves will say, wow, mom, God did it again. Yeah. And so that for them to say that and not be bitter of like, well, we don't have it. We're doing for, and that to me shows me that we're doing, we're heading in the right direction. We're not perfect, but we're heading in the right direction. That's powerful and such a gift when your children start to see it and get it for themselves. Um, and you guys are just living that, living that out in front of them, which is awesome and really the best that we can do um, as parents. So one last question as we wrap this up, and that this, I think it's probably going to be hard for you to pick, but I want you to share a high point in your planting journey. When you think about something that you're like, Lord, as long as I live, I never want to forget that. What would that be? So it's interesting because it was, it's a combo. It was a low, but yet high. And it was the the one time and I, I, I never forget it. I never forget the feeling of how we went through, but in the very beginning of church planting, um, while Edwin was trying to figure out what route we were going to go, uh, and while he was having this awakening aha moment on what he believed mm-hmm. as far as what scripture really was or is versus what we learned, I was going through my own 
okay, well now he's saying it's this when all I knew is this. And like, how do I know what he's saying is right? I, I battled with that. So I was like, listen, when you get this right and you figure it out, I'll jump on. For right now, I'm just going to do me with the girls. Um, and it's that New York attitude. You do you, I'm going to do me. Mm-hmm. When, when you get it together, I'll jump on. And so I did that for a while. And I know that it hurt him. I know that it hurt him. And I know it hurt me because it, it, it didn't let me connect properly with him. Um, and it hurt our marriage because there was that, that peace missing of us being united. But there was this one day we had this conversation and he just, we were, I, I believe the girls were in bed already and we were in our bedroom and we, the, I don't remember what the conversation was, but it started to get a little heated and he just said, but Mel, I really need you to be on board. Like, I really need you to be on board with this. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I was a little bit frustrated and I got really passionate and all I could do with tears in my eyes. And I just said, was like, well, how do I know that, you know, like, how, like, tell me what is it that, that you know, this is it. And me doing that and him just turning around and seeing him with this big guy with tears in his eyes. And he's like, I can't tell you. I just know, yeah. I know this is what God wants us to do. And just him saying that he didn't explain anymore, but just to see the passion in the way he said it something clicked there that never again did I question. Yeah. Never again did I look at it like Edwin has no idea what the heck he's doing and I'm just gonna no, this was like I just looked and I said, You got me. This is it. I'm all in. And from then on I've never again questioned is like is church planting for us? Um and it was just like okay Ed, you got me. How do we do this? What do you want to do? What do you need me to do? And so it was, it was a, a low point, but at the same time, it turned out to be a high point because from then on, I've been his biggest cheerleader and like my uniform sizes may have changed. <laughs> All of ours have. But, but it's gone up and down, but I wear that uniform with pride and like I will cartwheel and, you know, whatever I have to do, I am, I'm all in. And that's, that's the high I will never forget. That's so powerful. As you were telling this story, I felt my emotions like, and what happened next? And what happened next? So that is, that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for this time and letting us peep a little bit into the Pacheco family's world. Um, We're grateful to have you as a part of the SIN Network and grateful uh, to have you as one of our sisters on the same journey with us. I love it if I could take a minute to pray for you and your family. Yes, please. Lord, you are so good. Your mercy endures forever. Father, I thank you for this time. I thank you for this opportunity. And I thank you for this family. I pray your blessings upon them. them, And I pray that, God, you would bless them exceedingly and abundantly above anything that they could ask or think to ask of you. I pray, God, that you would continue to open up the windows of heaven and pour out on their neighborhood and their Red Hook community, Lord God. I pray that you would give them wisdom and how to serve. I pray that you would give them abundance in their serving, Lord God. I thank you for Heather and Bella, Lord God, and I pray that you would just meet them right where they are as young ladies, Lord God, as their faith is growing, as they're growing, Father God. I pray that you would give them wisdom and and light for each next step, Father. Thank you so much for who you are, and thank you for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 
Again, thanks so much, Melinda. It was great getting to know you. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to We Are Sin Network, a resource of the North American Mission Board. For more information about today's podcast and other relevant resources, visit sendnetwork.com.